There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's great to be back with you for yet another week. Uh, and I'm excited about today's show. I'm going to introduce you to my uh, my new good friend, uh, Sandy Sedgbeer. We're going to talk about the spirit of business uh, today. Um, before I introduce you to Sandy, um, I'd like to say thank you to my guest last week, Kate Thomas. Uh, we talked about the great resignation. Uh, and if that's something that's impacting you, your business, um, then do check that out. There's some uh, some good tips and good um, ideas about uh, about counteracting that. Um, so uh, also, I'd love to say a thank you to uh, to Judy Piatkus, because Judy introduced me to um, my guest today, Sandy. Uh, Judy is a, a great friend. Um, she's a member of a community that I, I run as well, the Elevation Collective. Uh, and um, Judy was the founder of Piatkus Books. And if you've not um, checked out uh, the interview with Judy ahead of her time, uh, do go to, into the archive and, and check that out. Uh, her book ahead of uh, ahead of her time uh, was also uh, award winning and uh, is a great uh, account of how she developed an amazing culture and then went on to sell uh, Piatka's book. So check that out. So um, I hope all is going well with you wherever you are in the world. It's a very um, unsettled time for many right now, and sometimes when we're going through. You know, on settled phase in life, it's good to draw on other resources. Uh, so we're going to talk about spirit today, and um, and we're going to talk about it in conjunction with business. And I kind of wonder. I mean, are you engaging your customers, employees, and suppliers with with really heartfelt communication that makes them feel really compelled to do business with you, um, or give them uh, or their very best when they're working for you? Are you providing a really meaningful existence for them? Uh, my guest, Sandy Sedgbeer, is a professional journalist. She's an author. She's a talk, TV, radio host, and she's worked in the ultra-competitive world of British newspapers and magazines. She's interviewed everyone from movie and music stars to leading scientists, politicians, authors, filmmakers, uh, and new thought teachers. Um, as a publishing media resonance marketing specialist, she works with authors, teachers, speakers, corporations, individuals, and applies the science with them of resonance to their business and personal communications. She's a 13 times judge for the Independent Book Publishers Association, annual, annual Benjamin Franklin Award. And she's um, founded and hosts, as I say, a number of podcasts. One of those is the No BS Spiritual Book Club. Uh, which I'm uh, soon going to guest on, which I'm really excited about. So we're going to today, we're going to explore the power of adding more spirit into your company to deliver powerful resonance, meaning, connection, values, and results. And when I first spoke to um, to Sandy, we were talking about specifically talking about resonance marketing and talking about you know, email communications and different ways you can communicate with your, with your um, audiences. But getting to know 
Sandy, I realise there's some depth to it, which I think we'd be doing an injustice if we just focusing on that. So I wanted to really today um, find out a little bit more about her, her life, and uh, and how she accesses other resources that are available to us to create amazing businesses and organisations. So a big welcome to Sandy Sedgmere. Hello, Chris. Thanks for having me. Lovely to talk to you. Hey, a question I've asked you before. Where does Sedgbeer come from? Um, it's actually my ex-husband's family name. It's um, It comes from um, Belgium, I think. They were Huguenots. Ah. And they came over to England somewhere around about the 17th century. Ah. They were they were escaping a pogrom um, because religious, a uh, religious group, I think. They were, um, I'm not quite sure, but. Yeah, it's a strange name, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's different. It's unique, isn't it? I'm not, not, it is not... unique, which is why I kept it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so tell us whereabouts in, uh, in the United Kingdom, whereabouts do you? I live in a Harold? beautiful chocolate box village that's hidden away 10 minutes from Stansted Airport. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, it's nice. They're nice, those quintessential British villages where oh, we can still yeah. find them aren't they yeah 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 lovely so tell, tell us a bit about about you and your 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 background childhood uh, and how that's impacted what you do today tell us about that um well I've always I always knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a writer I don't know how I knew what a writer was but apparently my mother said at the age of four, I said I was going to be a famous writer. There was just something about communication for me. Not that I did a lot of it as a kid because um, I I was a big observer. You know, I wasn't a big chatterbox. Um, I liked to watch people, what was going on. I had this fascination with people and how they think and what they say and, you know, and knowing the difference between what they say and what they do. Um, I was, uh, from the age of four to 11, I was brought up in a children's home. So I got, you know, lots of exposure to people. And, um, we, they used to take us to church every Sunday. And I can remember, um, sometimes we would go to a Catholic church just to experience something different. And it gave me an opportunity to say, hang on, in this church, they do this. And in that church, they do that. And somehow that doesn't quite gel so I was always looking out for the things that didn't make sense or that did make sense mm. so so it sounds like you know from a from living in a, ch- a, a a children's home you're a pretty challenging start to life when I look back on it I think it probably was and I'm sure that it's left left scars in me that I you know, either have bypassed, leapfrogged over (laughs) or dropped somewhere along the way. But I actually look at it as a great opportunity. Mm. I look at it, you know, I can't, it it just gave me so many, so many strengths. I mean, independence and um, resilience. Um, I didn't have emotional stability. um, But, you know, I think that's something that, you know, you develop as you get older anyway. Um, I it it fed me in other ways, I think. And I look back on some of the things that weren't so good that it left me with that I've since recognized and had to work with and think, wow, that was a really good thing because it really made me go inside and question, you know, what was that all about? Like um, 
you know, because growing up in a children's home, you go. To, I went to a normal school, um, but you know, I knew I was the subject of great pity, or you know, my friends' parents were either felt sorry for me or people looked down on you. So I did have a bit of a chip on my shoulder, and I did grow up thinking one day I'm going to show them all that I'm somebody, mm. and um, that was something that kind of drove my behaviour and my career for several years until, you know, I had a, an epiphany that showed me what I was doing and made me think, no, that's that's not the right way to be going, not the reason, the right reason, you know, for, for being successful. You've got to be successful for other reasons. Um, so I think everything that happens to us ultimately, there's a gift in it. Yeah, yeah. That's key, isn't it? Look, looking, looking at life's gifts, yeah. even if they seemed hard to find at the time. Yeah. Um, so you, you um, had this passion for for writing, uh, yes. and I know reading, and you became a journalist, and yes. you, you work for you know some big some newspapers, magazines, and um, you know, tell Most, us about mostly that. magazines. I freelanced for newspapers. Um, yeah, I. Um, I did it through the back door. Um, I left school at 16, you know, with my RSAs as they were then. I knew I didn't want GCEs because I wanted, I had to learn shorthand and typing, you know, to be a journalist. So um, I went the RSA route and got a job at Punch magazine, which was Britain's oldest, you know, satirical magazine. But I was in the circulation department. But I didn't stay there long because I started hopping around and begging people to give me editorial positions. And, I, you know, it wasn't long before I switched over and um, gradually grew into, you know, a more editorial journalistic role. And uh, probably one of the most famous magazines that I worked for was Penthouse, oh. uh, Penthouse and Forum magazine. And I have to say, it was an incredible experience. It wasn't what people imagine it was, although it was very free thinking for the 60s. Okay, but um, but it was a, a wonderful, wonderful training ground. Mm. And, and, and that was it that that led to you, 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 you wrote some books and you had a, um, a book serialization in the Express, I believe. Um, um, I had two, two serializations in the Express, yes. Um, uh, books, books came about a bit later on in my career. Um, you know, I worked on a number of magazines. I did a lot of freelancing. I did a lot of um, teenage magazines and interviewing pop stars and rock stars and actors mm. and things like that. That was fun. Um, but the books came about uh, when I was a little bit older. And um, I, I just from people I was meeting at magazines who would say to me, you know, what do you think about this topic? And yeah, you know, somebody who needs to write a book about that. And mm. um, and two of them in particular were serialised in the Daily Express, yeah. Mm. And to tell us a little bit about, I mean, you said you interviewed, um, you know, rock stars and movie stars, and do you have any any memories from that that you, you, you look back on with, uh, you know, particular... Um, well, I don't know how many of your um, listeners will actually remember because this is this was probably the very early seventies, mm. you know, late sixties, early seventies. Um, oh, I interviewed a number of actors, some of whom unfortunately are no longer with us, mm. um, and a lot, a lot of the celebs that were around at that time: Tom O'Connor, Faith Brown, you know, um, Lulu. I interviewed Cilla Black. Um, mm. 
And it was interesting because I interviewed her in Carnaby Street at her, um, uh, I think her publicist's office, and she just discovered she was pregnant. And I just discovered I was pregnant. Ah. So, so we were having a good old <laughs> chat about, you know, morning sickness. Um, so, yeah, it was all around that kind of thing at the time. Phil Lynott, mm. I remember interviewing him. I did him over the telephone and he sounded like he had a really bad cold. And a friend afterwards said, no, that wasn't a cold. You know, he had other stuff on yeah. his nose. <laughs> I, I, I remember yeah. the day he died. Actually, I was um, I was a big Thin Lizzy fan when I was younger. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they were fun days. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. So you uh, you you've you went from uh, then you did, did, did journalism and uh, the magazines, and you now uh, you know what, what tell us what your work entails today. You know what what has that led to? How's Ooh, it, uh, well, because. Um, just just to fill in a little bit there, that will explain what I'm doing sure. today. I then started producing magazines for people. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, when, when companies were creating their own magazines as well. Um, and uh, through that, I ended up um, basically launching a whole magazine. And I had to, because the budget was tight, I had to do everything myself. But that magazine became very, very successful. And uh, one of the advertising agencies that advertised in the magazine, for whatever reason, decided that they wanted me to join their advertising agency and bring some creativity and some breathe some new life into their old mail order clients. And they gave me absolute carte blanche. And so I was free to put a lot of ideas into action, some of which I'd done with magazines and pioneered um, certain things. But uh, my experience in the media ended up encompassing everything, including television. And um, what I do today apart from hosting um, shows and interviewing people, um, I offer resonance marketing consultancy. Um, I work with a lot of the spiritual, conscious, new thought movement, teachers, authors, speakers, and it's really whatever it is that they need, whether it's communications, whether it's a book they need to produce, whether it's helping them develop programs. You know, a lot of people don't even realize what they've got. Um, mm. And what I, you know, do is help them see and how can they ground those ideas and then bring them to fruition. And really, communication is at the base of all of it. That's mm. it. I mean, I think if you ask me what's written, you know, if you cut me open like a rock, what is written in, in me, it's communication. Mm. So resonance marketing and we we the title of this interview today we decided to call it spirit of business so what is what is resonance and what is spirit to you to me there isn't a lot of difference because if you are being resonant if you are in resonance with somebody then you're really opening yourself up. You are not playing any games. You're not doing the sales kick, kick. You know, you're not being inauthentic. You are completely open. And all of the, you know, the research that's been done on energy and energy fields and how they overlap and um, show that when we're with somebody and we're really resonant with them, our energy fields are actually intermingled. And I believe an energy exchange takes place. And to me, that is like a thread between, say, me and you. And if it's mm. a wobbly thread, it means that this, it's not completely clear. And if it's a straight line, um, 
you know, you, this is where people develop, you know, telepathic communication. We know that couples who spend a lot of time together develop that much more easily than couples who don't. Um, so when we're looking at quantum science, there's all the scientific evidence that uh, resonance is something that's really, really important. Yeah. I, I think the thing I, I've, I've got talking with you and, and and you have opened up um, a really interesting opportunity for me because you asked me to to read 10, um, report back in 10 spiritual books and you're gonna, we're going to talk about it. What I think uh, that experience so far just in planning for that has reminded me is that when it comes to spirit or spiritualism there's actually a huge amount that is grounded in science yes uh, and that's why i know that's what you're interested in so if anybody's listening here there's a, there's a danger that we talk about spirit and people you know, they just switch off because they think it's flaky yeah. but actually there's a huge amount of scientific work and evidence around this 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 area too yeah. and you only have to think about as you just described there how two people when there there's great presence and rapport between them that you feel the energy and how yeah. you feel an energy with people and how someone can walk into a room and sap it and yeah. suck it all out um but a lot of this is really grounded in science that's what we're interested in talking about today isn't it they the, absolutely the grounded in science you know two guys just won a nobel prize by proving entanglement you know right. quantum entanglement and that's what it is yeah yeah. Well, on, on that on that note, um, one of quantum quantum entanglement. We shall uh, we shall go and take a little break for a couple of minutes, and then we'll, after the break, we'll we'll move into talking a, a little bit more about what this means for leaders, for our marketing, for our communication with our employees, etc. So, do join us in just a couple of minutes after the break. business you'll find the experts here voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential chris cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the achiever program one-to-one -one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Sandy Sedgebeer, and we're talking about the spirit of business. And before the break, we were finding out um, a little bit about Sandy's background and uh, how she she built up a real spirit of uh, resilience, etc., through um, you know a, a challenging childhood, and she had this passion for uh, for reading, for writing, uh, which led to journalism, and then it led to running and uh, creating her own sort of magazine and interviews, etc. And I'm just interested, just before we we really get into um, spirit, and because you as a as a leader there must have been a point in time where you, you would have come from, I suspect, a a very kind of achievement sort of you know world when you realise that maybe there's more going on than we realise. Maybe there's more. So was, there, was there a point in time in your journey when suddenly you wanted or you, you had an epiphany of some kind and you decided that actually there's a lot for me to learn? Yeah, well, I was always reading and I, you know, from the age of about 15, I was reading a lot of, you know, the books that were around then, Chariot of the Gods, you know, science books, uh, spiritual books, etc. And throwing a lot of it aside. And it was very, um, it was very much a critique. I was critiquing these books. Some of them resonated with me, some of them didn't, but it was a real, um, I was a real avid you know, consumer of those kinds of books. And um, I, but I kept a lot of that to myself. You know, I was working at an advertising agency. I was producing my own books and I'd had, um, you know, two books that were in succession serialized in the Express. And there was a day when I was um, in a TV studio doing a morning show in Manchester. And um, it was a long drive back to London. And uh, as I came off air, one of the producers told me that um, they had a message from somebody who'd recognised me, somebody who knew me and wanted to reconnect with me. And this was somebody that I had known uh, when I was married. And um, this guy had been a friend of mine and we were on the same committee for the football club. And... um, on the journey back, I, I I found myself thinking about him and thinking about my drive, my drive, my yearning, you know, to be successful and to be somebody. And it it suddenly hit me in within a second as if somebody had, you know, taken me out of my body for half an hour, told me a story, put me back, and there was the story completely there. And what I understood from it was that I had been pushing, pushing, pushing my career because I wanted to be successful, because I wanted to be somebody. Mm. Um, I wanted to feel like I was somebody. But I'd had a lot of success and I'd been recognized in places. Didn't make me feel any different at all. Um, And then it just occurred to me, thinking about this guy, it made me realize that all the people in my childhood that I felt you know, one day be sorry they didn't, you know, regard me, you know, kowtow to me or whatever. Um, you know, well, of course, I was never going to get the the validation I wanted from people like that or from thinking that I was somebody because, well, number one, I changed my name. Number two, even if people 
saw me on TV and felt that, I would never know. And it, it just hit me that, oh, my God, you've really got a lot of work here to do on yourself, you know. This should not be your driving force, the, the need to have approval from other people. You know, you've got you've to look at this. And at the same time, my interest in spiritual matters was beginning to broaden and grow. I'd begun, I think I'd gathered enough information that was resonant for me to think, oh, you know, there's something here. And I felt that I really needed to realign myself, you know, because I was compartmentalizing the side of me that was interested in all of this, uh, you know, this information, metaphysical information, you know, and there was I doing this very down-to-earth job with down-to-earth people, you know, advertising agencies, for God's sake, where you're communicating, but the whole point of the communication is to get people to buy something. And, um, you know, I really felt at that point I needed to bring those sides together, even though I had, without my realizing it, been pushing some different ways of communicating to some of the clients that I was working with. So what do you, different ways of communicating. So what do you think there is to learn for the the typical leader when it comes to bringing more spirit into their work and what would be the benefits of doing it for them? Well, the first thing, you know, that we forget when we're out there, you know, in the trenches trying to sell or trying to earn money, we forget that we're all people. We're all human beings, you know, and we all have the same wants, desires, likes, dislikes to a degree, but, you know, the same goals at the end of the day. We want to be happy. We want to be able to provide for our families. We want our kids to be happy. We forget that in the chase. And um, one of the things that I was very keen to do with some of the companies that I was working with, with the advertising agency, and these were, you know, hardline mail order clients, the old, you know, coupon in the Daily Express, and you send your money off and you send your coupon off. And and really, it was all about the bottom line. How successful could they be selling garden seeds or plants or, you know, beauty products or whatever it was? and. I looked at some of these soulless catalogs and, you know, back then a catalog, they knew to the square inch how much you had to earn for every single page. Mm. And I was giving them radical ideas that clients resisted. Like, why don't you give up that page? Don't put an ad on it. Why don't you put a planting calendar or why don't you put something that that person actually is going to need along with the seeds that you're selling them? And, oh, no, no, we can't do that. Uh, But I did. I persuaded them to do it. And they actually found that it was working for them. Because what I had to tell them was, what you're doing now is you're you're giving your customers value. And if you're giving them a little bit of extra value, something they don't expense, expect, you know, their their mindset is, wow, this is good. This Mm. cares about me. Mm. You know, someone actually cares about me. They're giving me something that I need. And um, you build a relationship. It's not just about, you know, I give you this and you give me the money. Now we're, we're talking about the unseen things. You know, I'm like you. I care about you. We have the same values. You know, I want you to be happy. I want you to benefit from this. I'm prepared 
to give you things that are going to achieve that. That changes the whole dynamic. Now you're talking about the je ne sais quoi, and now you're also talking about the feeling that people get. And the feeling they get, honestly, I think is more important than the product they get. Yes. Yes. So it's about it's about making making your communication with them meaning mean something to them and absolutely to leave them with a feeling that strengthens the relationship between you and their yes uh, between th- them and your brand absolutely you know they've got to know that what your brand stands for and that your brand is in, in alignment with them it knows how they feel it knows what they want it shares exactly the same goals and if you can do that then you really do have something extra because you don't just have a customer now you've got an advocate yes and you've got a salesperson because they're going to sell for you yes 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 so so uh so is there something then with keeping the message so simple that they can sell onto someone else, you know, because sometimes if there's lots of noise in the system, um, people... Well, I think keeping the... keeping the It's the feeling. If you give someone a good feeling, especially in today's world where we don't yeah. see that much in commerce, yeah. they're going to tell people about it. Yeah. And they're going to say, do you know what? I'd rather deal with that company, even if it's £10 more, because I know they care. I know that they... They treat me like a human being. I know they're going to take care of me if I have a problem. They'll pay extra. And um, and then they'll tell all their friends about you because it's a rare experience these days. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. So we're not we're not talking about anything kind of woo-woo here, are we? We're talking no. about we're talking about human nature and what yeah. we want. We want all yeah. want we want to be treated well, you know, yeah. we want to be respected. Um you know, the worst thing in the world is hanging on a phone line where they say, we care about your call. Just mm. stay there. And they don't tell you, well, you know, it might take five minutes or it might take 10. Just keep, you know, we care about your call. Just stay there a bit longer. Yeah. No, that's not caring about your customers. You know, that's sending a message. We don't care about you. We don't care how long we keep you on the line. You know, we don't care about your time. So those impl- it's the implicit messages that we're talking about here. You know, it's yeah. the implicit exchange that's going on. Yes. There's something, Sandy, that uh, I, mean, I think I find, you know, people who've uh, who developed wisdom seem to, seem to uh, develop, which is a kind of, a magnetism in their communication may, may, may not always be later in life. It might be, you know, it can be younger people too, but there is, there is a way in that they behave that generates this warm energy and, and attracts people in or repels them. Um, yep. you know, is, is that, is that a, a part of resonance too? Absolutely. I think it's, you know, if you think about what, what is resonance, you know, what is resonance? If you think about uh, tuning forks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you tap a tuning fork and you do something with it and something else is going to start moving in line with it because it's been impacted by it. You don't know what. You can't see it, but it's working. We know it's working. And um, I think it's exactly the same when we talk about resonance in communications. Um you know, I have to tell you a little aside because in one of the books that I wrote, 
one of the chapters I was working on was um, pheromones. And I met a guy who made pheromones. And um, I was testing out these pheromones, whether they made a difference to how people are attracted to you. And he was working with a client who was actually putting pheromones on their direct marketing packages to see whether it made a difference when the person opened the envelope, whether sending them a red bill, you know, um, with a little bit of a, a, a... a testosterone um, pheromone on it, you know, a little bit you know, heavy going, masculine, etc. I mean, business kind of would make the person pay that bill. Um, but it, you know, it's it's. I just thought that was a funny aside. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, resonance is about energy. It's all about energy. And if you think about entanglement, quantum entanglement, you think about if I am communicating with you and you are feeling good. Mm. Just through what we're talking about, I'm just, you know, there's there's a resonance going on here. There is an energy in quantum entanglement terms. You and I are intermingling on some unseen level. And therefore, um, you're going to feel, you're going to feel much happier about me. You're going to feel more attracted to me. Um, and I'm not talking about sexually attracted, but just I really like that person. You know, I feel good. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. And that's all part of, you know, charisma or, um, you know, that je ne sais quoi that gives someone that extra glow that people warm to. And and this is, I, th- I think it's been demonstrated through the pandemic with it's using the, the likes of Zoom and uh Microsoft Teams, et cetera. I certainly had clients who felt, oh, you can't build a connection, et cetera. But I think it's about who you're being and how you manage that situation. It's what you're you can, putting out. Because you can build energy, can't you? It, yeah. And that, yeah. That, I think that is the quantum physics. You can be, you know, hundreds if not thousands of miles away from people but still feel a wonderful energy. And Absolutely. Report. And they know. They know from atoms and, you know, uh, now that, you can be a long way away and you will still resonate. You know, here's something that one of my clients, who is a spiritual teacher, but a very um, down-to-earth one, says, thoughts are electric and emotions are magnetic. Mm-hmm. Now, you hear a lot about manifestation, the secret, yes. all of that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. This is what's going on there. Your thoughts are electric. If you put emotion into that, then they become magnetic. Yes. Now, if you are putting thought into the communication that you're having with some someone, you know, you can arouse an emotion in them just by what you say, just by how you treat them. Yes. You know, you elevate their energy. You're opening up their heart in some way and you're making them feel mm. good. Yeah. Yeah, of course it's going to be magnetic. Yeah. And, and and you're right because actually you can also you could say the same thing and it fall flat, couldn't you? But if you don't put the emotion into it, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, I like that. Thoughts are electric, emotions are magnetic. Yes, and anyone um, can use that for manifestation. Uh, continue. <laughs> um, visual, <laughs> visualization, visualization. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are there have been many many. Um, studies that have been done with this, and and I've put this to the test because I don't I don't do anything unless I've tested it, you mm. know, and I don't feel and think things unless I've put it to the test. But I've used 
concentrated, focused visualization. I've used thought, very focused thought, and I've put emotion into it. You know, we call it positive thinking um, in layman's speak. And I have literally done things that people have said, you can't do that. That, that, that. No, that's not. I can't believe that you created that. That's too coincidental. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not. And, you know, and I know it's not because when I do it, if if I want to, you know, a, let's put positive visualization around a meeting that I'm having and I want something from that meeting, you know, I would build three things into it that are very unlikely. And every time I get them, mm. every time it shows up. Mm. So I know that thoughts are electric and emotions are magnetic and you can use it. Excellent. Well, that's a perfect bridge for um, the next sort of segment after the break. And I'd like to uh, have a chat with you. Uh, I'd like to have a chat with you about synchronicity, actually, and and, and serendipity, and uh, because that's kind of what you talked about there. In some ways, is that there's something happening. You you've uh, you, you have caused something to something to happen, which some people might say, "Well, God, you know, I can't believe that's happened." That's um, but you, you've influenced that. So I want to talk about that because I think as we become a little bit more aware that there might be other things going on, we, we maybe start to spot those synchronistic scenarios more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've spotted one or two more since I've been preparing my spirit, 10 spiritual books. So There you go. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, we'll, we'll uh, join you, everybody after the break. So do join us for, um, for more Spirit of Business with uh, Sandy Sedgebeers. Back again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm, I'm talking with Sandy Sedgbeer. We're talking about the spirit of business. And we were just before the break, we were... Well, we're talking, starting to talk about synchronicity, actually, and uh, that that situation where where things that situations that seem almost improbable come together. And we were chatting about uh, a lovely Judy Piakas as well, was weren't we during the break? And how she yeah. she mm-hmm. um, you know had a, a thought that you and I might be on the same uh, wavelength, and <laughs> we, <laughs> we realised we are. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's quite you know bit of bit of um, synchronicity in there. Um, so how does this work, Sandra? Well, you know, I mean, Carl Jung was the guy who first started talking about that, and you know, he 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 believed in the collective unconscious. Uh, which is, you know, quantum entanglement. It's, you know, that we're all connected at some level. And um, I've, it's an, it's a really interesting thing because there's more and more psychiatrists writing books about synchronicity. Um, and, and it's not coincidence. Synchronicity is a meaningful coincidence. You know, it's a meaningful um, thing that happens. And I do believe it's, it's frequency. You know, the more you're thinking and in the frequency of something, the more that frequency is going to attract like frequencies. Mm. Uh, and we call them, you know, synchronous experiences. Yeah. 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 So so there's, there's a frequency thing. What um I, I was I was writing I've just been reading this book, um, which was recommended by Tom Eddington, The Awakened Brain by Lisa Miller, which I really, really like. And I was kind of writing down some of the sort of synchronicity that occurred in my life. And there was, you know, quite, quite, uh, quite strange things. Like um, I just found out my father was, a, was terminally ill and I sat on a hilltop and there was a circular rainbow above my head, you know, and um, I, uh, I once had a dream that there was a, a dark beetle on my back and I woke up to find I had a mole and went to the doctors and it had to be moved pretty quick and deeply um so that you know, some strange um I, I was nearly had by a crocodile once in costa rica and i got i suddenly got this feeling that i shouldn't jump in uh and normally i would have swam in the amazon and i would have normally jumped in but i stopped you know there's 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 some things that seem to go on which we don't understand beneath the surface um and that's more maybe more than just that i mean the energy is all around us we are energy you know and uh you know, many quantum scientists will tell you that energy doesn't die. It can, just takes another form. Mm-hmm. If we're energy and a crocodile's energy and a crocodile's got an intention of looking for food and, you know, your energy picks up on that, something within you is saying, yeah, that's not such a good idea, but you can't yeah. pinpoint it. No. You know, nothing is ostensibly communicating with you, but your your energy field is picking that up and you're aware that something isn't right. As you said earlier, we can go into a crowded room and instantly know, oh, someone's not happy here. Someone's had an argument. Yeah. Yeah. What are we picking up? Energy. Yeah. Yeah. Vibration. 
So I think that's a good thing, isn't it? To as a as a business leader to pick up on and oh and, my god, and attune yeah. themselves uh, to it because you can. I'm sure you do. I, if I go into a, a client's office, I feel it everywhere I go. Really, do you know? I once read a book, um, and the guy was talking to all the biggest um, CEOs in America at that time, probably somewhere around the 80s. You know, all the biggest companies, and he was asking them how they make their decisions, and the majority of them said my gut. Mm. I can't tell you, you know, things could look one way, but if my gut says no, it's a no. Well, you know, what is that if not intuition? What is intuition other than our ability, a kind of extrasensory ability, um, you know, to, to pick up information? Yeah. So, th- so this is about becoming, a, about becoming aware and tuning in? Yes. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Being open to being aware. Yes. Because if all you're thinking about is this this meeting, you know, and oh, I've got to I've got to get this deal on, you know, I need to bring home this contract or whatever, then you're, you're blocking out all the possibilities because all your focus and energy is on one thing. Um, but if you can open yourself up and say, do you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to sit and listen. I'm going to feel this person's energy and I can. I'm going to feel whether maybe I'll just have leave a little pause before I say something because I want to know whether is that the right thing to say? Yeah. You know, I've found sometimes that, you know, I can be interviewing somebody and I've got a whole script written out and I know exactly where I want it to go. And then suddenly, boom, I turn it away and I'll ask a question and I don't know why am I asking that silly question. And it opens up a whole new conversation that, oh, my God, it's so yeah. interesting. Yeah. You probably do it too. Yeah. They just, just sort of suddenly pop up intuitively, yeah. don't they? And just think, yeah. Hmm, yeah. We I'm, mustn't I'm, ignore it. It's part of us. We've all got access to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I'd like to do, if I could go into companies and talk to them and, and tell them, you know, talk to sales teams, you know, that it's not really all about the bottom line. It's about, you know, how you interact with that person. And you worry about the bottom line at the back end. But you won't need to worry because you'll find suddenly it's not a problem. No. No. I was, I was reading about a, a, a company in America, and I'm sorry I've forgotten the name, who uh, who grew massively from almost failure to, you know, billions of turnover. Uh, and the founder of that company, I think he family inherited it, he made the decision not to, not to focus in on on the on the financial results, but to to set targets around um, the positive interaction with people. Um, so every every conversation had to be meaningful and and you know positive. And I think, but if you do that one step at a time, every communication, whether it's with uh, whether it's with your employees, your, your suppliers, whether it's with um, your customers, if every communication is um, is an experience, positive experience, and has deep, deep depth and meaning, which I think you're you're saying here. Then, and, and you do that in the now all the time. Uh, yeah. The the results are likely to be good, aren't they? Oh, absolutely, they will. You know, try it for a week and see. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch. You know, watch people's faces. Watch their energy change. Mm. You know, we all recognise it when we see someone who's really sad and down, and when we see someone who's happy. We can't miss it. And that's, you know, that's what we could be spreading amongst one another. 
and and therefore th- that's that's great and therefore is is it important that people what are your thoughts on whether you know leaders should actually be checking in on their own energy rather than just everybody else's yes absolutely and they be, they should be looking at their relationships you know is this relationship one where i just tell them what to do and they have to bow down or yeah. is it a relationship in which i extend trust you know yeah. and respect and interest in them you know i mean What's the statistics that most people, you know, you give them a raise and it's good for about six months. After that, if they were dissatisfied, they'll be dissatisfied yeah. again. Because what they really want is they want an opportunity. You know, they want an opportunity to show what they can do and expand themselves. And, you know, if you have a good relationship with your staff, you'll know that. Yeah. Yes. So. Suddenly, suddenly has popped up in my mind a, a sign that uh, an ex-client had said ex said we didn't fall out or anything. It was um, it was it was great while it uh, lasted. But but they had on the wall was a, a sign which said, "If you think I'm interested, you must be joking." Uh, and you can imagine what the quality of his relationships were like. <laughs> I once worked with a company as a consultant to a company that had all of these incredibly positive messages on the wall. Really, really good quotes. And I soon found out they were just on the wall. Yeah. They weren't in the company and all the staff were really unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes, it's inauthentic. It's inauthentic, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you have this ama- amazing podcast called the No BS Spiritual Book Club, and you've got other podcasts as well, I believe. Yeah. And... And you kindly asked me to to um, to come back to you and uh, chat about ten spiritual books that I've read. Um, I wonder what you what books you would re- recommend to maybe people who are either starting out in this this journey and thinking actually there's more going on. I need to I need to learn more about this, or maybe people who are a bit more advanced when it comes to thinking about this. But do you have um, you know one or two recommendations that you could give? I do. I, I thought about it when you are. I mean, people are always asking me and I could come up with hundreds, but thinking about your podcast and what our discussion, mm. um, there are three books that I would recommend to people and they are for anyone. It's not a business book about, you know, how do I sell better or, yeah. you know, whatever. These are fundamental books that we need to learn about us. And then I think everything comes out of that. And one of the first books is, Dan Millman, Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Now, that was a massive bestseller in the 80s, and it was made into a film with Nick Nolte. It's available on um, Netflix, and it is well worth watching. And it is based on Dan Millman's own story. He was an incredible gymnast, um, uh, world class, um, uh, had a silly accident on his motorbike, and... um, In the book, he met a man who was just working at a garage and he called him Socrates and he gave him a lot of wisdom. Ah, yes, I've seen this one, yeah. 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 Um, That book, that book for me, there's so much down-to-earth, plain Mm. wisdom, the kind of wisdom that you get from and the kind of questions you would get from a really, really good 
mentor, you know, a really wise person, that the kind of things that make you stop and examine yourself. Um, That book is full of them. And in fact, all Dan Millman's books are full of such wisdom. And Mm. I, I like... Give me practical, give me evidential, you know, give me grounded, give me something that's down to earth. Because to me, that is simple. You can't argue. You no, can't argue with it. So that's somewhere, one book. Somewhere on my phone, I've got, I watched that film and I've got, I've got lots of those. I, I kept stopping the film and, uh, and typing them into my phone. Yeah. Good. I mean, he's, he's wonderful. And um, the second one, um, without a doubt, you know, this one is so successful, it's become a cliche, The Power of Now, which is a guide to spiritual enlightenment by Eckhart Tolle. But what I love about this book and why I think it's for everyone is what he brings home to us is that the only moment that we have yeah. is now. This is where we live in our life. Yeah. And in this moment, nothing's missing. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, the minute we think something's missing, we've come out of this moment. I'll just let you know, we've got one minute left. Okay. <laughs> and the, the third book is um, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. Four which, agreements. And the four, they're just so practical. You know, the four agreements very, very simply are be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. And the fourth one is always do your best. And honestly, if we could give those to our kids and tell them, there's the handbook for life in those four agreements, you know, away you go. You've got everything you need. Fantastic. Do you have a final message you'd like to leave us with? Just remember our humanity and remember that everyone else wants the same things you do and your communications should come from that. Fantastic. Sandy, I've loved talking to you today and thank you for your humanity and uh, and everything you're contributing to the world and i think it's been a great conversation and really insightful and helpful for people let's just focus in on on our, you know on our spirit and our um and our resonance and our, our connectivity and how we're we're being how we're impacting people and uh, and make the most of every situation in the now Yes. So after after um, just to give, uh, if you want to find out more about what um, Sandy's work and how she can maybe uh, help you, go to to www.sedgebeer.com. That's s e d g b w r dot com. Um, sedgebeer.com. And uh, next week uh, we have Brian Wright on the show. Brian's going to talk about uh, North Star leadership and leading yourself um, to to business exit whether that for you is sale or retirement or having the money for the next venture uh, that's what we're going to talk about next week with brian wright uh, once again huge thank you to, to sandy uh, any questions comments do send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk love to hear from you and uh, wish you well uh, this week in everything you do take care we thank you for listening to the chris cooper business elevation show Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.